again on how not to mess up a life. And how many times do we go to Proverbs for that instruction, uh, those boundaries that you put up, uh, these little pithy sayings that uh, just sort of stand out, grab your attention uh, to help keep you uh, on the right path. Uh, And then you have uh, Ecclesiastes. And I believe Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon as well. And with this, as Solomon now, he is, as an old man, writing on how to get a life right. First it was how to keep it right, now it's how to get it right. Why? Because Solomon disregarded all those principles that he taught. The wisest man to ever live possibly could have become one of the most foolish in so many areas of his life disregarding the principles that God had given him, the wisdom that God gave him, and he disregarded them. He ignored them. But let's not be too hard on him. How many times do we do the same? How many times do we know what we're supposed to do and we don't do it? And it's the same thing. But here when we look at this, we see... Uh, that uh, as a wise man, Solomon, uh, he, he is writing now and he addresses some areas of finances. And, and here, some, some have ventured to say, uh, there are people that have done studies on the wealth that is revealed about Solomon in the Scriptures. And they say that in today's economy, that he would have been worth $2 trillion dollars. So when you think about a the most wealthy person on the earth, I think is what, six billion, seven billion? And they say Solomon was probably worth two trillion dollars. Uh, Just an amazing of amount of wealth. And so uh, here tonight I want to just look at some financial lessons uh, from the wise. Financial lessons from the wise. Uh, I want you to see, first of all, go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Ecclesiastes 5, and look with me at verse number 10. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5 and verse number 10. Uh, The Bible says, He that loveth silver shall not be, what? Satisfied with silver. Nor he that loveth abundance with its increase, this is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saying the beholdings of them, uh, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? And so I want you to see, first of all, number one tonight, money doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't matter how much money a person has. Money does not satisfy. Those of you that are in business, be very careful about what the purpose of your business venture is. Because if it is only about money, you will do anything to get money. If it is all about money, then you will continue to go after money, even honestly, but money, money can become your God very quickly. 
Money can be the end, and money is not going to bring satisfaction. Uh, Solomon, the one who had so much wealth, more than any of us could even wrap our mind around, uh, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. And just having money is not enough to bring satisfaction to your soul. If you think, well, if I just had this, a possession, Uh, Well, we get possessions by getting money. Uh, It's not a new house. It's not a new car. It's not a bigger bank account. That is not going to bring satisfaction. Uh, It will not be satisfied. It is not that if you you get $100,000 in your bank account that you'll be satisfied. Or if you get $500,000 in your bank that you will be satisfied. Or if you have a million dollars in your bank that you will be satisfied. If that was the case, then the people who are wealthy would stop chasing money. But they don't. Why? Because money doesn't satisfy. Doesn't satisfy. Now, money is not evil. Money is a tool. It's a resource. We are to uh, do, do well with the resources that God has given to us. Uh, being a good steward is not just saving. It's building. But it's not just building for our own use. It is building for His use. Because it belongs to him. And the goal should be that we are, as we grow, that we should be willing or we should desire to do more for the Lord with the resources we get. It shouldn't just be that we are trying to get more uh, for ourselves. And uh, here, Solomon, uh, very clearly, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied uh, with silver, uh, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. Now, you, you young, young, uh, uh, younger people uh, starting out, maybe uh, you younger just keeps getting uh, farther and farther away. I, used, I sort of imagine myself in that group, but uh, that time is gone. Uh, but uh, anyway, those of you that are younger and you feel like, well, I don't have anything. Don't let the devil lie to you. You are so blessed. We have so much more in our country. The richest country in the world. We are, we are so blessed. Don't, don't tell yourself that you are that you you don't have abundance. You do have abundance. God, God blesses us daily. He loadeth us daily with benefits. You know what the thing is? We're not looking for his benefits. We're looking for our covetousness to be fulfilled. And if we're not careful, we can get caught up in the things of this world uh, and we'll find that it does not, uh, it does not mean that we are, uh, it will not bring satisfaction. Money can become an idol in the heart of men, even believers. Uh, when wealth becomes your, your security, your wealth is your God. Let me say that again. When your wealth is your security, 
your wealth is your God. Who are we supposed to trust? The Lord. We are, we are not to trust, the Bible says, uncertain riches. And as much as you want to say your riches are certain, your investments are certain, or whatever it is, I mean, whether you've got it buried in the ground, or you've got it in a bank, or you've got it in a CD, or in a bond, uh, it is uncertain. It is uncertain. We need to make sure that we're trusting Him. He is God. Resources, be a good steward, absolutely. But don't get caught up to where you feel like you are secure because of your wealth. Wealth should not be our security. Faith is what we are supposed to be trusting faith. Warren Wiersbe made this statement. He said, some people treat money as though it were a God. They love it, make sacrifices for it, and think that it can do anything. Their minds are filled with the thoughts about it. Their lives are controlled by getting it and guarding it. And when they have it, they experience a great sense of security. What faith in the Lord does for the Christian, money does for many unbelievers. But unfortunately, it's not just the believers or unbelievers that can have their confidence in money. Some would say money may not be the number one thing in life, but it's way ahead of whatever number two is. And that's that mentality. Money can't be our focus. We've got to make sure that we are trusting the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 23, 5, Wilt thou set thine eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle eagle towards heaven. So number one, uh, money uh, does not satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. Number two, use what you have. Use what you have. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Ecclesiastes 11. Let's look at verse number one. He said, cast thy bread upon the waters. For thou shalt find it after many days. Now, in stewardship, what do we find? We find this principle over and over again in life. It is the principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. The casting your bread upon the waters is taking what you have and sowing it. It is using what you have. And what do we find? It will come back. Give and it shall be given. That casting your bread upon the waters, it is, it is literally talking about taking what you have and using what you have uh, for uh, this, these principles. And he's going to go through in these six verses, and he's talking about resources. He's talking about uh, stewardship. He said, thou shalt find it after many days. You can only sow 
what you have, and you must sow what you have. Let me say that again. You can only sow what you have, but you must sow what you have. Think back again in Matthew 25 when we had the parable of the talents. Uh, he, gave, he gave five, he gave three, and then he gave one. The one took it and hid it, digged it in the earth, did nothing with it. And he was called an unprofitable servant. Why? Because he didn't cast his bread upon the waters. He did not use, he did not sow what he had. He did not use what he had. Now, God has given us all something to cast our bread upon the waters. This is, it's an analogy to just encompass anything that we have. And we are to use what God has given us, and we are to use it for him. Uh, we are to be good stewards of that. Uh, Hetty Green, uh, she was probably, they say, America's uh, most uh, she was the, America's greatest miser. Uh, this woman died in 1915, uh, but uh, she, she left at that time an estate over a million dollars, and with it, she ate for years cold oatmeal every single day. That's all she ate. Because she didn't want to let go of any of her money. Her son got an infection in his leg. She would not take him to the doctor. She kept looking for a free clinic. And he ended up having to have his leg amputated. What was it? It was just grabbing on to what she had. You know what? God doesn't want us to grab on to what we have. He wants us to use it. And there is, there is joy in casting the bread upon the waters. Why? They, they come back. You sow, you're going to reap. That's just what God tells us. Uh, and uh, the blessings we get to enjoy uh, at God's hand. Uh, but we see how uh, the Lord uses uh, these, these principles over and over again about sowing and using uh, what we have. And we can use what we have to be the steward that God wants us to be. Uh, number three, number three, diversify. Uh, diversify your investments. Uh, look at uh, verse number two, Ecclesiastes eleven two. Give a portion to seven, and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Give a portion to seven, and also to eight. What is he saying? He's saying just take those resources and spread them out. Why? Because you don't know what's going to happen with any one of them. You put it all in one basket, and it might all be gone just in one little bit. And 
here, what is it? It's just, just talking about diversification, uh, the portion there, percentage, it's an amount. Uh, Ramsey, uh, Ramsey Solutions, he always encourages people to use um, mutual funds. Why? Because it is, it is an investment. Mutual funds are a compilation of many different uh, stocks and bonds and securities, and they are designed to have a built-in diversification. Now, with those, you still have to diversify because some are focused on growth, some are based on, uh, on security, uh, and so uh, there's a lot of different styles and types, uh, but uh, what do we find? We find that, that we need to diversify. Now, if you're just starting out, don't diversify. Why? Because because you, you, if you start putting everything divide, if you divide your ten dollars into uh, seven or eight spots, uh, you're not going to get that. That money isn't going to grow at all. Why? There isn't enough there to be able to take advantage of any movements. So at the beginning, you're starting out. Uh, you're just getting some investment out there and allowing that to grow. And as it does grow, uh, and as you sow, and as you reap, and as you're a good steward of it, uh, what will you find? Then you will find that you'll need to diversify uh, and do that. And there's a lot of uh, people that could help you with that. Uh, and so many tools uh, that we have in our world today. Uh, But uh, diversify. Number four, don't wait. Don't wait. When it comes to casting your your bread upon the waters, do it now. He said, well, you know, I just don't think right now is a good time. There's never a good time. Try time in the markets. Do it now. Don't wait. Uh, Look at verse number four. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. So we're talking about sowing, reaping. We're talking about we're talking about uh, investing here. He that uh, observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Uh, if you're looking for a perfect time to be able to invest, you know what you're going to find? There isn't a perfect time. And so what you're going to do is you are going to act in fear just like that, uh, uh, that servant that was given the one talent and he was afraid to do anything with it because he was looking at what else was going on in the world. God said, thou wicked and slothful servant, so do it now. I'm not saying take risks. I'm just saying do something with the resources God has given you. Be a steward of those resources and use them for God's glory there. Uh, but, but don't wait. Uh, we can wait. We can watch. But if, we're, if we are waiting for that perfect time, we just will not sow. It won't happen. So some people will say, well, I might lose. You might. So could have the one that put in the five. But he came back with 10. Same thing with the one that had three. And he came back with five. What do we have? We have, we have the trust is not in the markets. Our trust is in God. 
He is the one that giveth the power to get wealth. He's, he's the one that is in charge of all of it. And so uh, here, what do we learn? Uh, we learn to don't, don't wait. Young person, uh, don't wait. Start now. Save now. Invest now. Uh, why? Time is on your, it's on your side. Uh, it's, it's on your side. Do it now. Uh, you say, well, I, I don't have a whole lot of time now, but do something with the time you have. If you want to reap, you have to sow. Number five, work smarter, not harder. Look at verse number, go to Ecclesiastes 10. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 10. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10. The Bible says, if the iron be blunt and he do not wet the edge, then must he put more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. You know, sometimes we just need to stop and take some time to sharpen the axe. Well, I don't have time to do that. Wisdom. Wisdom. When I was growing up, we, we did not have heat in the house outside a fireplace, our, our wood stove. And it was us boys' job to split and bring wood in every day. When I would wake up in the morning, I would have, we would have ice inside the windows, just sheets of ice during the winter. It was cold. And nobody wanted to get out of the bed, but the fire didn't get restarted until somebody did. And so you had to get out of the bed and get back in there and get that fire restoked. But you know, the whole time I was growing up, I don't know that I ever sharpened the axe. You say, Pastor, why not? Because I could work hard. I wasn't much on the smart side, but I could work hard. You know what I find now is I've got to guard what I do. And every one of us need to stop and take some time and recognize where we're at. And maybe there's some things we need to back off of and sharpen the axe, learn some things. Stewardship. Ignorance is no excuse. No excuse. Sharpen the axe. There are so many people around that could help. Tools that we're providing. Don't just let them go and, well, I don't have anything. Well, maybe you don't have anything, but maybe you could have something. I mean, if you could find $395 a month, hello? And that $4,740, if you save it, you invest it, boy, you could have quite a chunk of money. 
So let's, let's be smarter. Let's not just take the things that we're learning and let them go in one ear and out the other and live life just like we always have. There's something about wisdom. God gives us wisdom, and wisdom should impact our actions, how we live. So let's receive it. Work smarter, not harder. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for uh, our people. Thank you for just the, uh, the opportunity to be able to uh, address some areas in our life. And I pray that you'd help us to, uh, to receive it. Uh, not to just uh, take it in, but uh, Lord, to allow it to impact how we live. And so I pray that you'd bless now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor, Lord spoke to my heart. There's some things that uh, he put his finger on in my life. We're not going to have an invitation tonight for time's sake, but just as a show of hands, the Lord put his finger on something tonight in your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As we walk away from here, as we go back into our daily life, let's do something about it. Let's allow it to impact us. Now, Father, you saw the hands, you know the needs, and, and we do thank you for being such a wonderful Savior that you would give us instruction. You would, uh, you would uh, uh, take and preserve uh, your word for us to have. And now, Lord, help us to uh, just take it and uh, allow it to uh, lead us and guide us in our lives. And may we get to enjoy the blessings that uh, you have preserved for us. Uh, so help us now. Thank you for our people. We love you. Thank you for all you've done for us. For Christ's sake, amen. God bless you. Have a good night.